Congress declared war against Great Britain August 18, 1812. On August 24, 1814, a large force of British troops stormed an inadequate American army defending Washington, D.C., sacked and burned the Capitol, gutting the interior of the north and south wings, including the work of the Italian sculptors. After 21 years of construction, the Capitol had not been completed. But the Italian sculptors would now have more work. Perhaps a similar pace of construction might give American sculptors an opportunity to participate in its final development. But the Italians in Washington, eager to maintain their jobs, were unwilling to train any American sculptors. Artists from all over the world traveled to Italy to train in painting and sculpture, and now it was time for Americans to make their pilgrimage to the land of creativity and the Renaissance. Part 1. The Mentor and Two Patrons Thomas Crawford's first transatlantic trip had been, as anticipated, difficult. A rough crossing kept him seasick for all twenty days from New York to Gibraltar. Crawford was twenty, strong, and accustomed to long hours of hard work carving stone, but he knew early in the trip he would not win his struggle with the undulating ocean. He welcomed disembarking for three days in Gibraltar, which gave him time to recuperate. From Gibraltar to Leghorn, his first stop in Italy, the calmer Mediterranean Sea allowed him to relax and enjoy the cool sea breeze. After a period of quarantine at Leghorn, an overnight sail took the ship along the western shore of Italy to the port of Civitavecchia. The appearance of this port of entry to Rome could only be described as chaotic. Loud, rude harbor workers rushed about in every direction, only the Italians aboard were at ease in the confusion on the dock. Crawford was the only American on the ship. The other foreigners were English. Getting to this point had been difficult and tiring, but if this was what he could expect in Rome, he worried that he would accomplish little. When his trip began, he had enough money to last a year, but already there had been unanticipated expenses. After a long wait, he found and identified his two trunks. A porter was soon at his side, hovering over the trunks, repeating in Italian, Permesso, permesso. With no other option apparent, he nodded, assuming this would get him to the customs house. He was not yet free of the ship. A deckhand, who may or may not have carried the trunks off the ship, stepped in front of the bags. His facial expression, loud remarks in Italian, and uninhibited body gestures made it clear he felt entitled to some payment for his dubious labor. Crawford had already left money with the purser and considered his gratuity obligations to the crew completed. Looking around, he noted the English passengers were in a similar situation and equally confounded. He gave the man a coin, received a scowl in return, and replied to the scowl by turning his back and began to deal with the next problem. 